Yak Shamash, everybody. Welcome again to another edition of the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza and brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Make sure you guys go to Bucky's Fifth Quarter for all your Wisconsin Badgers news notes and analysis. But we are not going to talk about the Wisconsin Badgers today because a lot has been going on in baseball. And obviously we're talking about basketball with Jabari Parker's uh, return to the Milwaukee Bucks. And then also we have our some Super Bowl picks. So there are some Wisconsin connections we'll get to later. But we want to focus on the Milwaukee Brewers first. And, and Scotty, we got the Polish rifle Scott Wisniewski here. And we also have a special guest to break down some big Brewers news over the past week. Scotty, feel free to introduce my, our guest, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Barry Nelson's our guest. He's a he's a news anchor and sports contributor at WTMJ Radio. He's a former host of Inside the Park podcast. I got the pleasure to meet him about a year and a half ago. He's one of the best baseball minds I've ever met. And I appreciate you, Barry, coming on on a Saturday morning. How's everything going for you? It, it's good, Scott. It's early, but you know what? It's never too early to talk baseball. So I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> absolutely. Well, and I'll tell you what. The, the last two weeks has been... Uh, pretty amazing for the Milwaukee Brewers organization in so much that it's January and they knocked the Green Bay Packers at least temporarily off the, the, the headlines of the sports pages and in January in Wisconsin. So that in and of itself is kind of amazing. But uh, it's, been, it's been an interesting offseason. And, and in addition to some of the early moves where they added, you know, Chichin and brought back Giovanni Gallardo, they made a splash last week, a couple days before uh, Brewers on deck, signing – uh, uh, Lorenzo Cain trading for Christian Yelich. Um, they've made some great moves offensively. We'll talk more about some of the other things they may or may not do, but just your initial thoughts when you heard those moves that happened within a couple hours of each other. Well, when I first heard of the the Yelich trade, I was I was ecstatic. You know, I was hoping they wouldn't have to give up Brinson, but I understand why they did. Uh, the other the other three prospects that they gave up, I could understand it. They wanted an established outfielder, and to get a 26 year old uh, established outfielder that has a uh, that's a left handed bat, and um, he's just a great contributor, a 290 hitter. He's kind of what the Brewers the Brewers kind of in him have what they wanted Lewis Brinson to be. So they already got the product on the field. They had to give up a little bit, but I was ecstatic about that. And then. An hour or two later, they signed Lorenzo. They they announced the signing of Lorenzo Cain, and I was uh, I was happy to see him back. A lot of people are thinking maybe they overpaid for him, but hey, for a 32 year old uh, leadoff hitter potentially and uh, and a great center fielder, they added two great pieces. Now, Craig Council's got the problem of what do I do with an everyday lineup? So I thought they were two great moves by the Brewers, and like you said. They took away a lot of the press from the Packers and even the Bucks in the uh, in the newspapers here and 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 in the media. So it was it was fantastic to, to be talking Brewers in January. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what? What's I'm sorry, Jake. I was just going to say what's great. Those were great moves. I just wanted to point out too. A lot of people were upset with the Brewers. Not upset, but maybe they thought they gave Kane too many years. But you know, if you get three Lorenzo Kane type seasons out of it, I thought it was certainly worth worth what they ended up paying to bring uh, a, a guy who's got playoff experience, a guy who's been in the World Series. Uh, on a young team, I think you need some of that. Well, absolutely. And and you got to remember that Lorenzo Cain didn't start playing baseball until he was a sophomore or junior in high school. So his body isn't as worn down as 
some people that may have played, you know, baseball since they were, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years old. So he's got, a, he's still got a lot of years on him. I think he can play well into his late thirties. Uh, he, he's obviously going to slow down a little bit, but I think he can be a major contributor for to the Brewers for at least the next three to four years, if not the full length of his contract. Yeah, and Barry, you know, it's I'm I'm in Madison right now, so you know, I'm from Milwaukee. So, but you know, could you just like the excitement, like you said, you said you're excited with the trade. Just from my point of view, just you know, what you know is this excitement that's building this this you know momentum that Milwaukee has, and in, in in this you know the NL Central with the Cubs and Cardinals, and you see, but you see the Pirates, you know, trading away Andrew McCutcheon to the you know to the Giants. You know, what are you seeing this this momentum, this buildup? Where you know, where do you feel Milwaukee? Milwaukee can be uh, in terms of, of playoff contention and, and just how, in your opinion, just how far away are they from, from competing, not just for like a division or like a wild card or division, but even going further into the last steps of, of you know, of, of possibly getting you know, even, you know, a world series berth. Well, I think I'm, I'm with just about every other media expert around the country who is saying that the Brewers are maybe just a pitcher or two away from getting over that hump. I think right now they are competing for the division with the Cardinals and the Cubs. Uh, they have a great young team that has just that has that cohesiveness and the excitement around it. You could see it last week at the on, at the on deck event. Not only were the fans excited, but the players were so excited, so ready to get going at spring training and even get through spring training. Cause they want to get to the season. They're excited about it. And the buzz around town is just that, Hey, we're going to contribute and we're going to, we're going to contend now we're We're done with this rebuilding. We, we go, we've gone through the bad years. Now it's time for the, for the playoff years. And, and everybody is excited. And I think, honestly, I think if they, uh, if they have a year like they did last year, they will definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, compete with, uh, compete with the Cardinals and the Cubs for that top spot. Now, Barry, I, I think they're going to compete, but I, I'm of the belief that they need one more arm. And I don't know if that arm has to be a Darvish or has to be an Arietta, or maybe that arm is a Lance Lynn, or maybe that arm is a Jason Vargas, you know, a left-hander who's a good fit in any rotation. I, I, you know, maybe it's Archer if they could find the pieces. I just don't know that there's enough pieces left at the top of their, their farm system to make that move happen. But I think you need one more guy. I mean, we saw last year, I think the biggest issue for the Brewers was their lack of starting depth at the end of the season when they were trotting out relievers, you know, four or five relievers to, to, to pitch a whole game. So you can never have enough, obviously, but there's also the constraints of the budget in play. So what do you think the next move is? Do they break the bank and bring in a guy like Darvish, or do they find a couple of nice pieces that could fit in in that number two, three, or four spot in the rotation? I think you might be seeing another trade and then another sign. It's just kind of like you saw with Yelich and Kane. I think you might see a Darvish signing, an Arietta signing, something like that. And then you may see a trade for a, maybe not an Archer, but maybe for an Alex Cobb. Uh, I think Alex Cobb fits in with the Brewers perfectly, but uh, but I think that's what you're going to be seeing. You, I, I see, I see another big splash coming with the Brewers. There, you, you read and you the PA, the the experts around the area and and around the national media are saying that the Brewers are all in on you, Darvish. I think that's going to happen, but I also think they're going to make a trade. And if they do make a trade for an Alex Cobb and they get a you, Darvish, you can. I don't want to say stamp their ticket to the World Series, but you can definitely make your uh, your playoff plans now. And you know the other piece. Oh, go ahead. Go oh, ahead, I'm, I'm sorry. The, the the other piece of that is we're talking about trades and what trades needed to be done. Um, and there was some talk a couple weeks ago about Santana maybe getting traded to Cleveland, but 
the, the issue is, I don't know that you necessarily have to trade Santana if you can't find a trade partner, because I know the outfield looks full. Brian Brondo has said he'd play some first base. That doesn't necessarily mean Eric Thames is out of a job. He's a guy who can, you know, doesn't hit lefties very well, but he's a valuable hitter. He can play back up in the corner also. So I think you can have five guys for four spots. I mean, let's face it, Ryan Braun doesn't play more than 130 games a year anyway. Right, and and I wouldn't expect him to play more than 120 games, but then if he's a backup first baseman, what do you do with Jesus Aguilar? I love Jesus Aguilar last year. I think he's a, you know, he's slow on the base pads, but he's just a fun guy. He, he's got a great bat. He's good at uh, he's good at fielding his position. You know, I'd like to see that uh, that kind of lefty righty thing with uh, going with Thames and, and Aguilar again. And you know, I thought over the in the off season, the Brewers would eventually trade Ryan Braun. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't, but. It kind of makes it. It kind of makes it interesting what they're going to do with him. Are they going to, you know, they're going to try him at first base? Are they going to keep him in the outfield? And it, that brings up the, you know, the thoughts like you said of Santana. What happens with Domingo Santana? I think they got to try and trade him because I think he's coming off that offensive year that I don't think he's going to quite have this year. And they're also tra- talking about trading Brett Phillips, which I. I am totally against. I love Brett Phillips. I think he is a great, not only clubhouse guy, but he has got an arm like a cannon, and I think they need somebody like that in the right field, maybe center field area, and I, I don't think they should trade him at all. But uh, it'll be interesting to see this uh, this spring training coming up, what they're going to do with Ryan Broad and how he's going to contribute on uh, you know on a part-time basis. Yeah, we're here with Barry Nelson here on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza, news anchor and sports contributor at WTMJ Radio in Milwaukee and former host of Inside the Park podcast. Barry, it's one thing, too, where I want to ask you about the farm system, too, because you saw what was, you know, what the Brewers had to give up. Uh, for you know you know to get who they got with <laughs> with with the Marlins and uh, you know with the Elgin and, and I'm wondering just you know if they look at trades you know how much farther do they wanna you know go into that system are they do you feel like the Brewers could be just tentative in terms of just how I mean they have a, a great farm system and this is what set them up to land a player uh, the, you know the player that, that they received in, in Yelich but it's, I'm wondering. Do you feel that the farm system is uh, how many more trades or like how many pieces do you feel could be expendable before maybe you get worried about the depth that that you see in the minor leagues? Um, you know, their their minor leagues, uh, their minor league system is very very deep. Despite giving up what they gave up in the Ellis trade, it's still extremely deep, especially at the second base position and the, in the outfield position. I can see them moving maybe one or two pieces, and then that's it. I know. David Stearns is really adamant about keeping that farm system uh, up and running and at a high level, and you know he likes to have those pieces in place. So I don't see him trading away too many more pieces, maybe one or two. But I think he wants—he's focusing on uh, getting guys off that major league roster, and and you saw it with, <clears throat> excuse me, with the uh, with the release of the trade of Andrew Susak yesterday. Um, he's looking to. Uh, manipulate the the major league system, and then let kind of let the farm system uh, fall in place. And I think he's only I think you're right. He's a, he's a little tentative, a little hesitant. He's, he only wants to move maybe one or two more pieces, and he really wants to develop that farm system because, like you said, look what happened when he developed that farm system. We're able to get a top flight guy like Christian Yelich. You know, absolutely. Again, the excitement in the air is, is amazing. 
Speaking of excitement, Barry, before we let you go, obviously people can hear you on WTMJ Radio, but they're going to get a chance to hear you, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, what's the score, favorite uh, internet radio game shows. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing that, as well as all your other contributions on 620. And uh, again, I really appreciate you spending some time on a Saturday with Oh man, it's fun. I I really appreciate you guys thinking about me when you were talking Brewers. And and if you need anything else, please feel free to contact me. I I really enjoy it, and I love talking sports, especially especially on a Saturday morning. And yeah, be sure to catch what's the score. Uh, I'll be on tomorrow with I believe Kevin Holden, and uh, can't remember who the other guy is, but, <laughs> but we're going to be on tomorrow. And it's the the podcast will be up on Monday, so it'll be fun. It's it's a great day. It's a great time to. Uh, to talk sports and to do some sports trivia. So it, uh, it'll be fun. Excellent. Excellent. Thank, thank you again. And we definitely will tap into your, your wealth of knowledge as the season goes on here. So we certainly appreciate that. No problem, Scott, Jake. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Guys, that was Barry Nelson, news anchor, sports contributor at WTMJ Radio in Milwaukee and former host of Inside the Park podcast. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back here on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Big thanks to Barry Nelson, news anchor, sports Contributor at WTMJ Radio and former host of Inside the Park Podcast. And make sure you guys uh, follow him also, too, on Twitter. I uh, found his uh, Twitter. Hat. Let me make sure that I got it right. As always, it is uh, Barry Nelson WI. So uh, make sure you guys follow Barry Nelson on Twitter, too. And, Scotty, you know, we're going to go back to another, you know, we'll talk, make our Super Bowl picks in just a few minutes. But let's talk Milwaukee Bucks. And we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, but Jason Kidd fired. Uh, Joe Prunty now in as the, uh, you know, interim coach for the rest of the season. And, you know, pretty good record so far now. I'm not saying that's the greatest competition that the Bucks have faced in, in the past, you know, in the past week, but was it not mistaken? What, four and one, five and one, uh, and a win yeah. last night against the, the New York Knicks, uh, and, uh, you know, a close one, but then again, you're coming back from a back to back and you lose Malcolm Brogdon for six to eight weeks due to that partial ligament tear in his quad. And, yeah. uh, but then, you know, Jabari Parker comes back, plays 15 minutes and gives you 12 points. Here's here's the thing. First of all, it's good to see Jabari back. Yes, they played nobodies, and and yes, they still got to win those games. But the only game that they played against a team that was really good, Minnesota, and they got smoked. So I'm still a little concerned about a few things. And then my excitement to see Jabari Parker come back simply just gets tempered by <clears throat> by the fact that we lose uh excuse me that we lose uh Brockton for six to eight weeks. So I you know I I'm we're yet to see this team play together. I mean, for an extended period of time. Because, remember, Parker was out, and then when he came back, uh, or I'm sorry, Middleton was out last year, when he came back, Parker went out, like, on the same day. So, to see this core together, we're yet to see that. So, we we still don't really know how good the team could be when they're at full strength. It's good to get the win. You have to get them. Um, I still think the problem with this team is, you know, the center position and the lack of depth on the bench. And I still think... Well, kid, I thought it was time from the goal. Maybe the timing of the whole thing was weird, but I don't know that he's the problem for why this team isn't hitting on all cylinders. Part of it's the injuries, and part of it's just the lack of depth on the bench, and I don't know how they're going to address that second piece of it. And really, I don't know how you can address the first piece. Injuries are injuries. You can't really control them. 
I don't know how good this team could be, but I'd really love a chance to see them all together for an extended period of time. Agreed. And I think, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they can do. And, and with this schedule, uh, that lies ahead, but uh, it is nice. I mean, what have you seen? Uh, I mean, yeah, I know you were skeptical, but what, you know, and because because of the schedule not being as necessarily difficult, uh, but is there anything been different that you've seen out of this team in watching? I've only had a chance to watch kind of a, a couple of the games uh, in depth, right. but, you know, what do you see anything different from what, on your vantage point of this team? I mean, you've seen Giannis go off a little bit more, yeah. after, you know, you know, or in, and you're starting to see, I don't know, is it the defense that's changing? I know there's a lot of reports about that. That. No, yeah, yeah, they they have. They've done different, a better job on ball screens. They've kept a lot of the same things in play, but the tempo's up a little bit. They've run a little bit more through Giannis. Um, not that they weren't already being their top guy, but um, you know, I think Prunty's from that case has said, "Look, we're just going to put the ball in, in the hands of our best player." And I, you've seen a little of that. Again, I I want to see them play against some of the top teams in the conference. Because I still think there's still part of me that thinks that they can make a run to the Eastern Conference title. But, you know, again, they've been so Jekyll and Hyde that, you know, again, I think the jury's still out on on what this team could do. And, you know, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see, obviously, how the rest of the, you know, basically the rest of this season plays out uh and, and you know I'm, I'm also intrigued to see who could the head coach be i mean i think that's one thing uh you know in terms of who gets the opportunity is it going to be a big name uh, are they you know you've seen the reports out there too uh it's not off the top of my head but you know talking about the the front office management and them trying to assert certain controls and, and seeing how the organizational structural setup uh it's it's interesting to see what will come this off season but you know this team still you know yeah. be honest and you have this this nucleus i i like what they could have and once they get brogdon back you know hopefully you have a full strength team that you know could make i'm not saying they're obviously they're going to take over the cavaliers or the celtics or or others, but it's all, uh, you know, or you know, obviously Golden State right. for that matter. But it should be interesting to see how this team can develop. And, and like, like I said, I think the big hump is winning that playoff series and, and getting to the next round. Yeah, and and now more than ever, I think that there's there's a chance to attract the top name coach in the offseason. You got Giannis, one of the top five players in the game, and you've got a brand new building, which would be one of the palaces of the NBA. I think you're going to have a, a lot less of a, a struggle finding a big name coach and you've had in past uh, coaching searches. So, well, I'm interested to see how that plays out. Speaking of interesting. So Super Bowls in Minnesota fans, a lot of fans finally arrived yesterday. If they weren't already there for the week and they arrived to minus eight degree temperatures and a lot of snow today. Thankfully the games played inside, but it does put a little damper on, on travel plans and whatnot. How excited, what's your level of excitement for this game? Cause I'll be honest with you. Mine, if on a scale of one to ten, I'm probably a four on this. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm actually more excited. And, and again, you might, you know, I risk exposing myself here, but I'm a little bit more excited for the "This Is Us" post-game uh, episode and maybe the halftime show than the game itself because I just feel like the Patriots are going to win handily. I don't know. I don't know handily. You saw what the Eagles did against a, a top-ranked defense like Minnesota, and granted, they were at home. 
I mind you, but it was a. But I, I like what Doug Peterson does, even with Nick Foles. And I'm not, you know, I'm not discounting what Matt Patricia in the New England defense can do. But you, you saw that New England's defense, what they gave up against Jacksonville in the first half. And if that happens against the Eagles, you know, Eagles, the Eagles will win, uh, in my opinion. I just, I feel like Doug Peterson and that team. I, I granted, I, I, I'm, I'm more of a seven. Uh, in terms of interest, just because of that intrigue, like a, not I won't, not necessarily that David and Goliath that Jacksonville versus New England was, or how CBS Sports made it to be. Which, by the way, John Malkovich, that was an amazing, uh, amazing, amazing um, teaser for that. For that, but I will say that I know maybe it's more personal for me because I know guys like you know Chris Maragos and and, and whatnot. And granted, he's on you know the an IR with that PCL tear and he's not going to play. Uh, but, uh, you know, there is rooting interest from a Wisconsin point of view where you have a Corey Clement uh, who, you know, undrafted free agent goes and becomes a contributor, has six touchdowns this season and, and is a you know part of that rotation, especially as a third down back, which he was never used for Wisconsin in that really that fashion. Uh, but then also Bo Allen, who's that personality. Everyone knows Bo Allen from his time at Wisconsin. He's, he's carved out a good career and, you know, he played over 40% of the snaps this season. So I think from, Wisconsin connection people can get on that better I mean we're not even talking about James White where obviously he scored you know his touchdowns in last year's Super Bowl uh you know he should have been MVP uh but uh I so there are some Wisconsin connections so I'm a little intrigued there but I will say I am intrigued by Justin's Timberlake's uh, halftime show I know the album got kind of panned on on reviews and uh, whatnot, but commercials are always a standard too. But uh, I, I think maybe between you and I both, and maybe it's a you know combined five, you know like five, six out of ten uh, in terms of interest. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's I think it's rough for people too, just because obviously the Packers aren't in it and they have their wins to change. Maybe the interest from all the coaching changes, all the front office changes. Maybe you know people I think are more excited to see what's coming up with the combine and pro days and drafts coming up uh in my opinion so maybe do you feel like maybe that's kind of squelched the the vibe here in you know in our neck of the woods uh you know maybe i, I think some of it is you know people are you know as much as people like dynasties you get sick of seeing, seeing the same old team and i think the philadelphia uh, uh vibe and, and belief would be a little bit better if it was carson Wentz. and i know i know that Foles played well in the two playoff games, but Carson Wentz is still, you know, that would be a better matchup. I think you'd see a little bit more excitement if that were the case. And, of course, yeah, there's always the the, the Packer hangover around here when the Packers don't make it to the Super Bowl, much less the playoffs. But I don't know. I, I, I'm going to give you a prediction. I, I think the game might end up being closer than I, I, I hope. It, I hope it's going to be closer than I feel. I'm going to say Patriots win this game, though, 27-17. to 17. Yeah, I'll say, you know, I'll call the upset, and I shouldn't because it's the Patriots, and I'm sure that they they could pull this off. Um, they they will, you know, in some way because it's just the way that they operate. But you know, I'll go Eagles. You know, I'll I'll say 24-21. Last, you know, uh, Jake Elliott last second field goal uh, wins it in dramatic fashion for for the Eagles, and then the Patriots dynasty then uh, fades. Uh, where Bill Belichick then takes a, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like that dynamic, not maybe this is maybe this is a bold prediction, but maybe this that's the end of the New England Patriots dynasty. But maybe that's a little bit well, too may, bold. Well, uh, well, that could still happen because of some of the off, and, and I think that's all the reason why I think they win because I think they realize this is probably going to be it maybe together 
for uh, Brady and Belichick. We'll see. It'll be an interesting offseason. I'm still picking uh, the Patriots, so unless somehow Eli Manning gets signed and he plays because he's the only guy who's beaten Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So. Um, and, and he did it twice, which is still amazing to me. Um, look, so anyway, that's our prediction. Hope you, everybody enjoys the game. And I'll let you send us out because I know you've got a million things to do on your Saturday, as do I, and, and we appreciate people and Barry Nelson taking some time for us. Yeah, big thanks to Barry Nelson. Again, news anchor, sports contributor at WTMJ Radio Milwaukee, former host of Inside the Park podcast. And, yeah, I got some drywall to finish up over here because some water damage from uh, nothing nothing that we did, uh, but that seeped in over time. And uh, so I got to patch up some drywall downstairs. Got to take the boy to karate and all that fun stuff. So, uh, but yeah, but no, we'll come back next week and we have, you know, we'll talk obviously Super Bowl. We'll talk uh, some, you know, Bucks, Brewers, uh, Marquette basketball, Badger basketball. We'll make sure we, we whip something up for you guys uh, so, and, and go from there. Uh, and maybe we can get a chance to talk some XFL even uh, to talk about uh, it. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know you're excited. No. Okay. So I guess we won't. Uh, but uh, on that well, note. There's nothing, well, there's nothing to talk about yet until we even find out where the teams are and what the, like, it's so, like, I think they're doing the right thing by waiting two years to get, but there's still not really not a whole lot that we know. So um, we don't know what network it's going to be on. We don't know. I mean, boy, there's a lot to unravel, right? No, it is. It's a lot to unravel, but yeah, I mean, it's one thing though, like Lance Allen and we got to have the gun show on to talk about this. You know, if they, if they do get a franchise in Milwaukee somehow, it has to be the Milwaukee crushers. Uh, I think that only makes sense. Uh, to you know, obviously, and obviously the XFL they're saying it's not supposed to be uh, wrestling related, but you know that they're gonna have to have something involved with that. But uh, and, and the Crusher would just I think would be the perfect last name, uh, perfect uh, nickname for for a Milwaukee franchise. But I digress. Um, other than that, uh, you guys just have a great week. I uh, you know for the Polish Rifle Scott Wisniewski, Jay Kokorowski. Tune again next week to the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza.